Hello friends, happy holidays. I don't know if it's like this in your town, but Laramie has kicked its Christmas lights game up a notch. There's even a Facebook page called Laramie Lights and it has a map. My house is on the map and I think since we can't have Christmas parties and large gatherings, we are giving people something else to do. Take a drive around your town or take a drive around Laramie if you live here and check out those lights. It may take a few nights to get it done here in Laramie. And well, if you see a house with Star Wars icons projected on the side of the house, it's most likely mine. So check out those Christmas lights while they're up there. Good time. And you can be in your car in your own little pod, your own little family, and you can social distance. It's easy enough. Now today's guest is Amanda Johnson. She had a great Christmas tree backdrop in her interview, but we don't use the video. So yes, I was impressed. My tree isn't up yet because my cats, they can't handle all the temptations. My cat, especially Carl, just wants to take the tree down, likes the tinsel, likes the lights, wants to unwrap presents and everything. So it's hard to put it up early. Now I'll set it up this weekend as I start my two week winter break. As you will learn in this podcast, Amanda lives the rancher life and comes from a long line of ranchers. We get into the daily operations, the breeding of cows and such, and how ranching wasn't always her goal. I was born in Lamu, Wyoming and raised here. Wow, okay. So are your parents native Laramieites, Wyomingites? Yes, actually, fun fact of my life. My great-great-grandpa and his brothers were laying railroad track through Wyoming or like Colorado. And the youngest brother went missing. Like the Indians captured him and he went missing. And so the older brothers decided to stay back and wait. Maybe he would get away and come back and... So they camped out here and then the little brother never came back. Like we don't really know what happened to him. And the rest of the brothers, one went back home and then the rest of them stayed here and ranched. And that's kind of how we ended up here. Where was back home? Back to the East? Where were, where was your, I guess it would be a great uncle of yours would have left. Um, I want to say Denmark, but I'm not oh. sure. So don't quote me on that. That far back. Okay. Yeah. Your great, was it your great grandfather? Great, great. Great, great grandfather stuck around. His brother stuck around and started ranching. Um, Eventually, grandparents were met. How did your parents meet? I'll just shorten that story. How did your parents meet? Um. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, let's skip a couple generations. Yeah. <laughs> um, my mom was, she's a year younger than my dad, and they met, she was in eighth grade and he was in ninth, and they met at church camp. Oh, wow. And they dated all through high school, high school sweethearts, got married right after high school, had me <laughs> seven years after they got married, and then seven years after that, they had my little sister, and they've been married happily i guess forever since then so oh wow that i mean that's a it's a great romance i guess you know you know of the day 
of meeting that young and being a couple for that long. Uh, there was no internet. There were no distractions. So <laughs> it was uh, easy, I think. Yeah. To, yeah. to stay committed, to fall in love because there wasn't a lot of distractions of the internet and all this, the other the rest of the world out there like we get today. And oh, so, yeah. And so you spoke, you have a sibling. She is seven years younger than you, you said? Yes. So, well, yes. I don't think my parents really wanted to have children at first. <laughs> but then I came along and I was so perfect, they decided to have two. <laughs> well, they... I mean, they waited seven years after getting married. That is that is amazing. So you, yeah, that is probably a true, true thing. But were they or were they ranchers too, as well? Yeah. Well, my dad was. My mom, her dad was like the water conservative guy, and my grandma, she worked at the university, and so she went out and just started working on the ranch, not knowing what she was getting herself into. <laughs> Well, then, then seven years, you're like, they're probably like, you know, the old days, like, man, we should have some kids. We need some help around here. Doing yeah. That. It's amazing they only had two. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just the standard with ranch life and going back even farm life is four, five, seven. My grandfather's like one of 10 from a, like a ranch oh. thing in North Dakota. So, yeah, I wasn't, I'm not surprised if ranchers have big families. You just need people to do the work. It's not, you know killing yourself and so it was the way so <laughs> growing up um clearly growing up on a ranch what kind of activities when you were you into besides ranch work and such um well they kind of they kind of combined like riding you were working but you're riding um i had lots of cousins around all the time so we were always goofing off playing hide and seek doing things like that getting into trouble riding four-wheelers <laughs> so it and i went to a little one house schoolhouse too and there was only four boys and me <laughs> so that was fun how, how many grades was that for it was k through six Just and there was well i should say there was 25 kids in the whole school but there was only five in my grade <laughs> wow wow see i'm from uh, suburb of Portland, Oregon. Uh, I couldn't tell you how many my class sizes were. And then Laramie High School, we were 300. So I've never lived anywhere smaller in Laramie. So when I hear this stuff, I'm like, holy cow. I know it exists. I'm from, I lived in Wyoming long enough. Man, I know there's small town. My little sister went to a Rock River. So and her graduating class is tiny. I know plenty of them. But people out there that are listening in the world are probably blown away. Like, yes five kids or four kids in your in your grade which is and you're the only girl and they were all boys yeah so it was i was kind of a tomboy when i was in grade school i bet you had to be just to fit in just to hang yeah no doubt and plus well ranch life isn't easy by any means you know it toughens you up like you know you know you're getting up early you're doing what kind of work goes, what do you do? What's a typical day, I guess, around the ranch? Um, I guess it depends on the season okay. because like when all the cows are having babies, which is calving season, okay. it's hectic 24 hours a day. Like there's somebody watching them at night. There's somebody watching them during the day. And if they have problems, you have to help. And 
all this. So like calving's probably the most hectic, but it's the most fun because oh. there's babies all the time. Um, then summer haying is long hours because you're out there in the morning and you go until like late at night in a tractor going around in circles. That's when I actually started listening to podcasts is this summer because I was in tractor for so long. But, and then like right now it's a little bit easier. It's every day. Like you don't, you can't take a vacation right now because it's every day, but you get up and go out and feed the cows and break open a water hole for them. And then it's pretty all in the morning unless something's wrong, but um, it's pretty easy, but it's just every day right now. And that's like the three seasons on oh, branding. Branding. Yes. Yes. So as a kid, were you just right alongside your parents when they would do all that as well? They're just like, yeah. Oh yeah. Like I remember being out in the hayfield when I was like four years old, just like playing with the, I'd bring my dog out and we would just play around and have adventures in the hayfield. Um, my grandpa would always, my grandma would watch me. But my grandpa, every day when he would leave, would say, well, don't let your grandma die on you. Oh. And that scared me to death. <laughs> so I was afraid that grandma was going to die while I was at home. So I was like, I don't want to be with grandma. I want to be out in Hayville. <laughs> wow. Huh. I mean, he was joking, but I was too young to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, you probably kept the eagle eye on your grandma. Until you yeah. And she slept sitting up, so it was scary. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. As you get older, you figure that one out, how to, how to sleep. In <laughs> yes. So uh, you, you're doing ranch stuff. Did you get into the whole, like, rodeo activities? Like roping, I don't know what involves, because I'm not, I don't know enough about those activities as far as just seeing on the rodeo on TV. Um, I did not. I, they have like a little kid rodeo and I, I never did it. My sister did. And you run out there on your horse and it's fun. She had a lot of fun doing it. I never really got into that. Like, um, I could see it as that's why I I like to ride, but not competitively. I could see it be like, that's my life. Not like a sport. Like, so I could see not getting yeah, it. Yeah. I do this all day long. Maybe I'm going to do something different for fun. I gotcha. I gotcha. So, yeah. Growing like up, nap. No. What's that? <laughs> That's what I do as an adult for fun. Yeah. I nap as an adult for fun. <laughs> well, I don't nap as much as I used to. Uh, maybe I finally got enough sleep. I also, well, side this totally tangent everything, Fitbit. I have Fitbit and it tracks your sleeping and they give you scores. And so I've been trying since I've had it in probably over a year now, try to get the best scores. My usually around low eighties, high seventies. Um, but yet it makes you like, wow, why didn't I get sleep? Or if I go to sleep for this long, or if I take melatonin, like I'm so competitive with life that I'm trying to win at sleeping. And you notice when you get good sleep, like, I'm like, wow, that really was good sleep. How do I do that again? Like, because <laughs> I don't really nap all that much. And how do I feel this good all the time? Because <laughs> sleep is so important to like how the rest of your day is going to go. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. And especially with you in the early morning hours, probably with the animals and everything, 
not getting enough sleep the night before. Yeah, I'm sure things could be missed. Uh, attitudes can be out there. Uh, you know, coffee always helps me move things along. I'm not the main, me too. I'm not the best morning person, but when I figured out coffee was a good thing, it made me a whole lot easier to deal with in the morning. Um, <laughs> so, what were you good like student with those four kids in your class? Uh, um, it was me and there was one other boy that was a really good student and we would compete with who would get the best grades and stuff, which was good because I don't know if I would have been as good if I didn't have somebody to compete with. I'm very competitive with everything. There you go. Uh, and then, so you went there for six, uh, to sixth grade. Then did you come to Laramie after that? I did. And it was it blew my mind because there was like 300 kids and they all knew each other and I knew nobody. So it was like, it was a whole different world for me. I remember my dad, I was getting ready to go to school one day and he just said, just be you, you just be you. And I thought, okay, I'm going to try that. I don't know. Seventh grade was kind of a blur because it was like so overwhelming, but yeah, and it is for everyone that comes from like sixth grade in Laramie to seventh, because that's when you're going into junior high. At that time period, now it's middle school, I think. And so you're you, it's the first time you probably have different rooms with different teachers and different classes. And so you're like, and then you have probably a whole new set of students in each classroom, not very familiar to where you're coming from. Uh, yeah, I understand. I moved here right after seventh grade, eighth grade. And I was a new kid. So like every new ranch kid that came in like you, I was like, ah, another new kid, but not really. Cause you were from the area. They kind of knew you already, but I was like, ah, oh, not quite. So <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, but I, yet I always thought like, I was like, would find out, Oh, you're just a ranch kid. And I got to go to like uh, the big school. This must be crazy for you guys. So yes, obviously it was for you. Well Fortunately, I got into sports and I started playing volleyball. And so I made friends that way. And I, I played basketball too, but I wasn't very good at it. Like they put me on the B team because I was athletic. But then like after the first game, they were like, okay, Amanda, we're going to put you down here on the C team. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I hear you. I, well, I played basketball. My dad was a really good basketball player. I was a good football player. I wanted to play football. My dad was like, oh, so, and he was a high school, not a high school, he was just a teacher, but he had keys to the gym. And my parents got divorced when I was young. And so when I'd go visit my dad, it was practice sometimes. I'd shoot jumpers. It was weird. And uh, I got cut in seventh grade and I was, cause I was sick at the time of tryouts and they cut you out there in Oregon cause you just have enough money to keep A, B and C teams. And so that was kind of, de, you know, deheartening to the old ego there. And then those coaches saw me playing later in the year and they're like, where was this guy? And I was like, I was sick. I'm a much better basketball player. I'm actually pretty good, but I don't have the killer instinct like I do at football because I loved it. Basketball, I just wanted to shoot baskets. I liked it. I enjoyed it. Maybe it's because my dad, it was like time spent with my dad, but there wasn't that killer instinct. I care for less if I got blown out by 30. So I wasn't good. I wasn't a guy to have out there on the court all the time. I was reasonable playing basketball. I was all right, athlete. 
but football was definitely the sport. And so I understand focusing on one sport and, and being good at it and such. So you took to volleyball. I did. I, I loved it. Volleyball was my sport. Um, I, well, I played all through up until I played in college, actually. Um, and I, I just loved it. I, the coaches I had in um, college, I kind of lost my love for it when I went to college, I guess I should say. But um, I still love it. Like now I wish I would have continued longer while I was fit and in shape because like now I'm like, I wish I could jump as high as I used to. <laughs> but yeah. Oh yeah. 18. I was the best shape in my life. I could grab, I could just grab the rim barely. I couldn't dunk a ball. But my cast are so big from football and skiing and everything. It was, yeah. Yeah, of course, I look back and go, yes. But I think, uh, I mean, at least you got to play college volleyball. I, I know at the time, I'm glad I kind of was burning out of football. And I got ready to go and, like, walk on. And I was like, no, I'm good with not playing anymore. And it's hard at first. But then you see – and like what pro players go through and college players go through. And I'm like, yeah, I made a good decision. Not doing that. My body isn't quite as beat up as a lot of players and such. And I'm sure you saved your body a little bit from not playing so much volleyball in college or if you got burned out on it and everything. It was just too much. They make you go like six o'clock in the morning. I didn't have any friends. Like I had lots of friends, but they, I could never see them because I was always in the gym or study hall or it was, I just, I was over it. <laughs> yeah. So high school, did you keep up the good grades that you had as a student out in the countryside? I did until I found boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got myself a boyfriend. I don't know, in 10th grade. I mean, I had boyfriends, but like I got the, my little sweet 16 boyfriend and then and then I got a lot more friends playing volleyball and stuff. And my grades, I mean, I wasn't a bad student, but I got through like I B's, A's and B's instead of like, I was a straight A student. And then like men came and ruined it for me. Like they always do. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I did all right. I did enough to play sports. Um, I probably should have pushed harder. Uh, I'm left-handed, and so I was a step behind growing up. Like, I didn't, I didn't know any other left-handers. They didn't force me to meet. My mom would just be like, nope, you're not going to make her right-handed. So I had to mirror everybody. A lot of teachers didn't know how to teach me. And so I always felt I was a step behind in a lot of things, spelling, writing. And so my grades were not A's and B's, but like, you know, C's and B's. But then I was like, oh, I just have to get the grades to play sports. That's all that mattered. So uh, I did not realize my brain mattered a little bit more at the time. I should have put more time into it than I you know, later did in college. And was like, oh, yeah, how, this is how you are a good student. I didn't know how to be a good student until probably fifth, fourth year of college. <laughs> That's way late, you know. So, I went the opposite way. See, in college, I probably partied a little too much. But – D's get degrees. <laughs> I mean, I the first I went. It took me six years in college 
Um, and yeah, I wasted a good couple semesters just partying. I, I wasted not going to class. And sorry, mom and dad that I wasted some money of yours. Uh, I mean, yes, the degree now, but yes, there was money wasted. Uh, they don't give me a hard time about it. They prepared for it. They said they were divorced and that we're each going to pay for a semester for five years. So it just went back and forth. And my fifth year, I went, ah, I better finish because I don't have the money. And then so the next year, I probably could have finished in a semester, but strung it out over two, a year so I could pay for it because I'd pay for it myself and work. And that's when I realized, man, I better be a good student. I'm actually paying for this. <laughs> so, so did you know, okay, you, volleyball obviously got you to college did you know you want you wanted to go to college right after high school did you where'd you go or where did you get recruited i didn't get recruited i actually walked on at the university of wyoming but uh that didn't pay the bills um i i was never one to look too far in the future I like in high school I was all about what was right in front of me like high school were like my glory years or whatever and then I got to college and um I really didn't know what I wanted to do like I played volleyball and got a letter in it but I didn't play enough like the, the reason I actually got a letterman's jacket because I didn't play enough to get a letterman's jacket but the coaches got fired and so they gave everybody on the team a letterman's jacket. Huh. And I was like, heck yeah. And so, and then I quit. Like, I was just like, I'm done with it. Okay. And um, I wish I would have stayed with it. That's one of my biggest regrets in my life was like not sticking with it. Cause the new coach came in and was like, no, we want you back. And I said, I'm over it. <laughs> but it i guess you just gotta trust god's timing on a lot of things <laughs> yeah i mean of course we you know we all look back and go i wish would have and but also those are learning moments in life too to where well if you maybe you didn't do it taught you a lesson later in life that you need to learn i don't know it's a learning lesson you gotta learn uh I mean, yeah stuff that i go back and go oh or I hate it when you're, I'm always like driving down the road and I'm like, oh, man, that thing in 1992 really bugs me. I'm like, I can't fix it now. Like, I do that too. <laughs> and you're like, I can't fix it now. Why am I really thinking about this now? Why am I giving this thought? And it makes you mad and you're like, well, if I could change it, but you can't really. So why are you giving me And it just, yeah, I understand those ones. I maybe it's, my age, you know, getting this middle age of life and you start rethinking. <laughs> the last, I'm 46, so start rethinking the last 20, we'll say 30 years almost. Um, after I turned 18, yeah, I'm like, rethinking those years. <laughs> Come on, wow. And also talking to people on podcasts I met during those years. And so I never met during high school, but those years where I'm like, they tell a lot of stories. I'm like, yeah, sure, I was there. But yet I tell a lot of stories and they're like, I don't remember that at all. So it's at least we have each other's brains to remember some stuff. So yeah. you, know, you, you get out of high school, go to college, you walk on the university one. That's even bigger. So by now you're just used to the big crowd of Laramie being this, this crowded place. How far was the commute or did you live in town? 
I actually lived in town. I went to, I got the dorm oh, yes. and I did the college thing. I didn't, I kind of left the ranch behind. I didn't want, I didn't want to be a rancher. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I didn't want to be a rancher at the time. And so I went to school after like my second year, I finally decided on crime. Like I was really into crime. <laughs> and so and not me personally yet, yeah. but I wanted to figure it out. So I, uh, I majored in criminal justice okay. and I loved every minute of it. Like I started really doing a lot better in school because I enjoyed going to classes. Like the first year is a lot of um, podunky classes that they make everybody take. And that always kind of, it. I was, bored with that but then after i got into criminal justice i enjoyed it and my weekends consisted of partying all the time and i wanted i finally decided i was going to be a lawyer that's what i wanted to do like get done with school go to law school it was the first time i actually thought about like my future and i thought well this will be cool i can be a lawyer and yada 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 well that I did a lot of field research and ended up getting a couple of DUIs <laughs> and went to jail. And that wasn't good for my um, wanting to be a lawyer. Although I did meet a couple of lawyers that had been in jail for DUIs and were still lawyers. And so I still had hope, yeah. but um, <laughs> I graduated from the college and I decided that I'd take a year off and go back out to the ranch and then come back to law school. You should never take a year off because that means you probably won't come back to school. <laughs> and I did not. I went back out to the ranch and that's what I wanted to do. Like I liked being outside most of the time. I enjoy being around family most of the time. And I really just enjoy every aspect there is about ranching. But I'd already bought a house in town, and so I was commuting out there every day, and it was, it was great. I enjoyed it. I just, a lot of the ranchers are men, and when you're in the tractor, or especially with technology, they take pictures of themselves, like driving the tractor, drinking a beer, and all this stuff. And so I ended up um, trying to keep up with all the men like my family doesn't drink. I'm like an ugly duckling in that sense that I was like the one that drank all the time and nobody could understand why. Wow. And I went back out to the ranch and all these guys that were my age were ranching and drinking all the time. And I figured I can do that too. Like you work all day, you play harder. For me, that wasn't the case. I ended up just being a, like a blackout drunk all the time. And it affected my family because I see them every day. And so they were like, you are not fun to be around. <laughs> and especially when I would like show up to work drunk and stuff. And so, um, and when I got on the weekends, it was bad. Like it wasn't like, oh, go out and have a couple beers. It was like blackout drunk for me. So I ended up checking myself into rehab a couple years ago. Okay. And Ever since then, my life has been great. I mean, 2020 sucks, but 
I'm sober. So it's amazing. And it like rehab, I always thought it was like a bad word. And when I went though, I really found out who I was. Like, I feel like my whole life I was kind of struggling to find out who I was. And in rehab, I kind of found out who I was and it was really life-changing for me. And I'm ranching still, but I'm not trying to keep up with the boys. <laughs> so it's a lot easier for me. And I don't have to keep up with all my lies either. So, cause I was a big liar. There you go. <laughs> I noticed, I mean, I, that I don't drink as much today that I did 10 years ago. I moved. Like I lived in an apartment because it was close to downtown and I had gotten a DUI before that. I'd made choices to make drinking more of a priority and being a DJ and everything. But I, it was weird. Looking back, I'm like, I made choices to live closer to a bar so I could drink more and not drive. And so the moment I moved to this house now, which was my parents' house, I, we eventually bought it from them, but it, there was no Ubers, there was no taxis, there was no close bar, they lived by the golf course. It was a little bit of forced sobriety because like nobody would come get you and I wasn't gonna risk another DUI. So I just sat home a lot and got sober a lot. And like a lot of the time you spend going, holy crap the things i did while i was drunk and that are the are that was the most important thing drinking was the most important thing and and now it isn't and there's a lot of clarity and you feel like yeah you've missed out but you've grown up and you're like man did i become a fuddy-duddy because i don't drink as much anymore like you worry about that yes <laughs> but, I yeah. My bedtime is about 9, 9.30, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. I used to stay up until 2 o'clock in the morning and then get up and go to work and then couldn't wait to get off at 5 to go drinking again. And I did the same thing. I would always move. I would always, when I rented apartments, I would rent close to downtown yep. so that I could always make it home without driving. <laughs> it was easy to tell you why. And, there, yeah, and there wasn't Uber. Now there's Ubers and everything, but I still don't. I am still go out and drink and everything like that it takes a lot also because if someone's like yeah, let's go out i'm like i've done everything in this town drunk blacked out drunk forwards backwards i don't know what you could get me what would get me to go out and do this again i mean going <laughs> out with a bunch of college kids i was like ah no i'm cool i'll go to get my crazy done out of town but it's not <laughs> and and so yeah it's but it's interesting that where I was, it was my life. Like I DJed a couple times a week. I was at bar the other nights to where I thought it would be painful, more painful to be where I'm at today without drink, drinking as much. And I tell people, I just, I go, I just suck at drinking. I don't choose to drink very often or anything. I mean, it just, no, I don't get blackout drunk. I just don't, I'll have one or two. I'm not that guy anymore. That is the party drinker. But also I go, there's street cred to it that you've done it all and seen it all like said and drunk and sober. And so you don't have nothing to prove, you know, it's the truth. I actually, I've been down to the bars since being sober and everybody's like 12 now. Oh, yeah. I feel old. <laughs> like I can't, I, I didn't drink. I was just down there visiting with some friends, but like all the, college kids i don't 
I didn't look that young when I was at the bar. I feel like they look like they are 12 years old. <laughs> I did look oh. when I was at the bars because I was 20 and I had a bar, a, a license that said I was 22 or something. I, I had a baby <laughs> face and I still do even in my 40s. And so, yeah, I was, I looked young then and I understand it now. But I mean, it does, they do look younger. I employ them because I've leased nine student employees at the university and so i realized like they all are staying the same age but i'm getting older <laughs> but they seem sometimes they just do seem really young some years you're like wow and i'm like are you sure you're 21 i don't i'm not really sure and yeah you just look like you did i just can't wrap my head around it and so got sober which is great so that probably it brings a lot of clarity to life and the end like you said, your lies, you don't, you, get, you don't have to do that anymore when you're sober. Yeah. And I'm sure One. lots of soul searching too. <laughs> there was, there was a lot of soul searching. I like rehab was hard. I like, you don't have your phone. This particular rehab didn't have any TV, oh. which I found out I may have a little addiction to television because I thought I was like, okay, drinking, I'll give it up. Cause I want, I, I need to do this. And once you get sober, for me, like once I got the alcohol out of my system, I was okay not, to, I didn't like crave it. Yeah. But um, TV, on the other hand, like that passed my time every day. And so like they, when I first walked in, they said, there's no TV. I was like, oh, I don't know if I can stay here. <laughs> I need TV. If I'm not gonna have my phone, what am I gonna do? <laughs> Read? <laughs> Why? Huh? The TV kind of thing. Get oh. fights over it, over what you should watch. Yeah, no I guess. And yeah, they have to like. There's just a lot. I mean, there was a lot of people in there for different reasons, and like um, triggers. Like a lot of things can trigger people that you don't even think about. You know. Well, on on, on television, the mass amounts of beer and alcohol commercials oh yeah and that's and you know they they totally play it up like you'll be a superstar if you drink our alcohol so funny look how pretty you can look yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, but like there was a long time i can't remember which president got rid of it i want to say george bush jr that you only could advertise hard alcohol and during the holiday season like Thanksgiving. Now it's just fair game, but there was a legit law. Like, like you couldn't advertise it year round, like whiskey and stuff like the harder alcohols, beer, whatever, but they would, they let you. And then it like, okay, only during the holidays. And then I think it was total just nonsense. Let it go all the time. Now you get all the commercials. So yeah, yeah, it's, yeah I could see why TV could be ruled out. Cause there, I goes right through over my head i care less about beer commercial alcohol commercials at all oh, i know i know what people <laughs> really do so no <laughs> i know i know that's not how i live when i'm drinking yeah. no. <laughs> no and i've never seen anybody take a straight mm -hmm. shot or sip of wild turkey without making the face of you know just a little rough just a little rough mm. so any other big exciting things happened to you recently? Uh, no, I, 
we, I've been trying to grow my ranching. Like since I've gotten sober, we, my sister and I, my sister and I are the ones that run the ranch with my dad. And so we have been trying to get into the bull business where you um, breed and sell bulls where they're like registered. And what that means is like when you have a dog and that would be the same with cattle. Like if you have a registered cow or bull, then they're more expensive and you want to get like the perfect bull to breed your cows. And so we've kind of been messing around with that. We just got started a couple years ago, but it that's been fun. And it's been fun to like kind of experiment on different things because it's, um, I'm not so worried about my social life anymore. And I'm more worried about like working and so. With the bulls and stuff, I mean, it's about, you know, genetics, right? And right bloodlines and everything. Yes. I know, I'm sure I learned from television and such. Do you watch, do you watch Yellowstone? I do. How That's soon? not how we operate really. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but I I was I like to see myself as like a rip or something, but it's not quite like that. <laughs> you guys hire a lot of ranch hands. I mean, do you, how many do you have at a time, or just it's just just the fam? It's just the fam. So it's just Dad, April, and I. And then when her husband is off on the weekends, he comes and helps. And then if if I would ever get married. I'm sure my husband could come help too, but I can't, don't seem to be finding someone that I enjoy. <laughs> now I'm, I just scrolled through Facebook, but did you have a kid? Did I, what? Did have a baby? Oh no, those are my nephews. Nephews, I always see you with kids. I'm like, did you have a kid? I was like, wow, <laughs> right on. And so. <laughs> No, but I did get a dog, a little golden retriever dog. How old is your dog? He's a year. A year old. Wow. So did you have to have like training, potty training, all that good stuff? You know, I know of three accidents that he had because he's a golden retriever. They're really smart. I, if I was to have a dog again, golden retriever would be the dog. Um, I had one of my first ever pet that was straight up mine, paperwork and everything, purebred golden retriever. She died at seven, very early in her life. Um, I couldn't, I was in college when she died. I couldn't take her with me because I was moving all the time. But I mean, I lived here. So um, her name was Phoenix. But yes, I would get another golden retriever. And it took a long time for that, her death, for me to actually get another pet. And I did get eventually have a cat. Now we have two cats, but I got a cat about 12, 11 years ago. And coolest thing, like having pets is like the coolest thing ever. I wouldn't have made it through 2020 if I wouldn't have had a dog. <laughs> I mean, My life didn't change very much because I still had to go to the ranch every day. And it was just like I was quarantined with cattle. But... When I came home, I don't think I could have survived without my dog. <laughs> yes. 
like I, I overheard a report that said um, shelters were running out of pets some places because there was just an overwhelming adoption of animals, which was like, that is so awesome. That's uh, cool. Yeah. Where it was exactly, but I heard that and I was like, that's great. Cause well, like yourself, a lot of people can't, you know, you're quarantining by yourself. You'll go crazy and bounce off the walls. If you don't have an animal or someone thing to take care of, to talk to, um, yeah, oh yeah. I made an Instagram for my cat while we were in quarantine. All my friends had them for their pets. So I was like, I'll do it for him. He was a star on my Instagram already anyway. So uh, it's just really, they're both photogenic or I know how to take the pictures. So I like taking pictures of them. Uh, but I've never had a cat own. We didn't grow up owning cats as always dogs. And so every, I got a cat because an ex-girlfriend had one. And I was like, oh, they're easy. I don't know. <laughs> every, every day is a learning lesson. It's, and he's 12. And I'm surprised he's not that's, right now. Um, he, that's old for a cat, kind of. Uh, he'll probably live to be, uh, I'll say. 20. So everybody's like 20. I'm like, well, that'd be cool. I can't imagine because, yeah, dogs. I've always grew up with dogs. And they didn't have that great a lifespan. But my cat's indoors all the time. And so, and well taken care of, well spoiled, doesn't brave the elements, dogs in and out, you know, you take them with you everywhere you go. Um, yeah, I understand that life, but cat life worked for me because I was DJing and it made me go home at night. Like, oh, I have a cat to go home too. But yet I could leave him home for a couple of days as long as there's food and water and everything. And so... And the cat doesn't really care. It's like a cat and a dog. The the dog loves you no matter what. The cat could care less if you come home or not. (laughs) Yes, true. So somewhat, my cat does care. He's the most... (laughs) I've been told. And like if I'm home, he's genuinely sitting in my lap, hanging out. He's near me all the time. The other one, too, is close by, my girlfriend's cat. But... Yeah, because he's the alpha of the house, so she, the other cat, always follows him around. So if he wants to hang out with me, she wants to hang out with me. It's interesting. I'm not the alpha. I just clean his litter box and feed him and stuff. It's funny. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, like like dogs are, yeah, they're fiercely loyal. And I love dogs for that. Um, cats can be, but they also have that not give a fuck button. There's whatever. They would love to, they will like, would love to watch you fall downstairs and they will just stand there and your, but your dog, will come <laughs> you're okay. Your dog will be like, are you okay? And your dog's probably the reason you fell down the stairs because yeah, they, they're right under your feet all yeah. the time. And that's the reason you're falling. Yes. So 2020, we speak of this. I mean, it's not just 2020 because I do believe I got COVID about a year ago. Um, I got really, I could see it on my Facebook memories. Um, I got really sick. It's everything they said COVID was working at the university. I'm not surprised, very international, but uh, COVID hit the world in December. Um, but then there was a lot of people that had the same thing and they were just like, Oh, it's a respiratory thing. And I'll tell you this, it sucked. I'm glad. I mean, I'm glad to be alive. We didn't go to the hospital super, super dehydrated. I always have Gatorade now, which you can't see because of my background, because it keeps me hydrated. 
because I was so dehydrated here. Water wasn't working. It, it was a good two weeks, probably three weeks. And I went like Texas and I didn't feel on my top of my game. My whole family, they do drink. And I wasn't keeping up at all because I was kind of recovering from what I now believe was COVID. And it was the worst. And so I, I'm like, I wear a mask now because I don't want that shit again. I never want to go through that again. It was one of the top two sicknesses I've had in my life. And I was like, I probably won't get the flu or the cold either because I got a mask on all the time and I'm away from all these people. So that was like twofold reason. But you're clearly isolated out there on the ranch. So you just have to worry about us townies giving you COVID. (laughs) True. But I do think I went in before this whole COVID thing started and I had, they tested me for influenza A. I had influenza A and I, it was horrible. It was, I felt horrible for two days, but for two weeks, I was like lagging. Like I felt hungover, I guess. And I wasn't. And looking back, I think if I would have, it was before they even tested for COVID. So I think I had it too, but they wouldn't have known. And then like a week later, my mom got really sick and it, she it was in her lungs and she has asthma. So she was, she really struggled. She stayed in bed all day one day. And that's not like my mom, like my mom's had the flu before and she doesn't stay in bed all day. And that was weird. Like, I just remember thinking like, it's the worst flu she's ever had. And I believe we all had it. Um, my brother-in-law had it, but he didn't seem to, he just had an upset stomach. So I don't know. I mean, it hits everybody a little differently. Um, him and my sister and the two kids had to be quarantined for like a month. Oh, wow. Because he got it. And then she had to quarantine two weeks after that. But we were hanging, so she was just in the tractor with her two kids. <laughs> I mean, that kind of sucks to be her. But I called her mom of the year because I don't know if I could do it. But <laughs> um. I don't know if I don't want it again either. It it was the I mean I it, I got tested and it was influenza A and that I don't know if I would if I were to get it and get tested I um definitely don't want to give it to somebody else. Like I I think I could probably handle it, but I don't want to give it to someone else. And one of my best friends, his dad is actually dying right now from it but he's a lot older and he has like um other complications but i would never want to be the reason so well i i my partner my girlfriend she owns a funeral home here and um they're not like jam-packed full of covid deaths or anything like that from laramie it's not laramie only has i think nine it's been pretty steady for a little while. Um, but she's like, uh, I do this, you know, all this stuff, mask up and everything, because I see the other side where, where people die alone and they die on a hospital bed in quarantine. Like, sure, other things kill you, I understand, but at least your loved ones can kind of be there. This isn't the sudden, now I'm, now I'm isolated from the world, dying, and so that's what I think about is like, if I can prevent any more of that, that's what I'm doing. 
yeah, it, it'll kick my ass again if I got it, which I don't want to get. I don't have the antibodies because I went through, I got a positive test from the university. I, I tell the story a few times on 9 11, crazy day to get that. Got a positive test. They told me that Sunday. So I get a call. They're like, you're positive. So I was like, oh, great. I called my doctor's office and it was through a saliva test at the university, which I found out later there's a good chance that there could be a false positive. And so my doctor's office is like, can you come in and do a real, whoops, sorry, a nasal test. And she might've said real, I don't know, but I said, yeah. So I went and got one done on that Monday. I'm all supposed to be quarantined and everything. And it comes back negative. So it comes back negative. I stay at home. I'm, I'm still doing everything because the university says, you know, don't come back. You're going to get a call from the state health department, get the call which is a Thursday, a day after I got my negative test. They don't know about my negative test. They treat me like I'm still positive and I have to go through all this stuff. They're telling me not to pet my cats. They're telling me to distance from my girlfriend in my house. And I'm like, I'm negative. You want me to send the paperwork? I have the paperwork. I had my doctors give it to me because I knew this was going to happen. And I did you know, send it, but they kept on treating it like it's total positive. It just was like, I almost laughed during this, very serious conversation because they weren't listening to anything I had to say. I wasn't trying to get out of what they wanted me to do at all, but I was just trying to be like, make, I wanted the numbers to be reflected accurately, like in state numbers and United, like that this is not a positive number. This is a negative number. Don't count this as a total. Let's get this information right. And at the university, I went on 90 days of not being tested because that you have 90 days of antibodies in you once you've had it. And so oh. it lasts up to a year, but it's guaranteed those 90 days. And so I went back to testing actually yesterday, Monday of this week. And now I'll be every week, as long as I work on campus. And uh, it's interesting. I, of course we're doing all the right stuff, but it, I mean, everybody's like, God, oh, 2020. I'm like, it's going to be 2020 and 2021 that we're not going to be completely out of the woods, you know, probably till the middle of next year. If we all do the right stuff, we all get stay after. Well, yeah. And talking about that, I don't know if I would necessarily, um, I don't know if it's the right thing or the, a wrong thing, but I don't know if I would get the vaccination. Oh, like that's kind of scary to me too. I mean, it, it was fast and it was, they did it really fast. And it, I mean, I don't want in 10 years to be like, if you could have a lawsuit against these guys, if you pooped your pants for three days in a row, you know, like, oh. I, you know, I, like, I trust the experts. Um, if it, I mean, it, it, it's amazing, but also if you get that type of motivation and obviously, I mean, if you figure that the, you figure out the vaccine to this, I mean, money, all that stuff, but it just being the one that figured it out, it's amazing and everything. But yet I'm like, I'm going to get the vaccine because I'm, I'm just watching first. I'm not one of the first ones I get. I'm not a frontline person or a doctor. I'm watching. I was like, as long as they all don't turn to zombies, I'll probably get it myself. Cause I was like, this is just a perfect fitting way that the zombie apocalypse starts. Like we had this virus then we took the vaccine and it turned everybody into a zombie and now we're living walking dead. 
So, I'm like, I'm going to watch. The Walking Dead. <laughs> and I'm going to watch for a little bit and see what happens. I mean, because I'm, I'm sure I'm a diabetic, so I have a compromised immune system. Um, but I'm not, I'm managed. I'm not, I wouldn't be a first diabetic to probably get it. But whenever it's available, I'll probably take it because there'll be enough people. Because I was like, man, I've stuck a lot worse things in my body. And I've survived. And I take, I currently take diabetic medicine that's not even as accurate as this vaccine is, is being. So I'm like, all right, you trust the experts in keeping you alive with diabetes medicine. Like one of my diabetes pills, if I just took a loan and didn't take this other pill, would kill me, would take out my liver and kidneys, but I've taken another pill. Blood pressure medicine, side effect, protects diabetics, kidneys and hearts and everything from diabetic medicine. It's weird. And so I was like, if I trust that, which I have for the last couple of years, I'm gonna trust a vaccine. Yes, hindsight's 2020, obviously, in 10 years from uh. those commercials. I see them all the time too now. Cause I remember when they, like it's getting bad today where I remember when that particular drug was advertised to, to everybody, try this, try this. And in five years, there's a lawsuit against it. I'm like, because the way they push drugs through so quickly and how it may work for me, but not for you. I understand the hesitation with the vaccine, but I think it's a larger scale thing that needs to be done. Then let's just give guys boners. You know, that's, let's, we're curing <laughs> things here, you know, you know, it's not that kind of pill, you know, it's, and so, I mean, that was what originally a cholesterol pill, I think. Um, and then it turned into being an erection pill just by chance, the weird science like that. But that's because there isn't a you know, stringent, there isn't, you know, a lot of uh, test trials like there is was now. And this is how all drugs should be done. Not today, like how we did this vaccine. They need to go through this kind of stringent, I'm looking for the wrong, you know, kind of give it its do it all you know, 95, 95% accuracy, proficiency, whatever they call it. I don't know. I can't remember the word. That is. Oh yeah. I agree. They, they totally kind of skimp with a lot of things these yeah. days. And I think this, they did put a lot of effort into this one and I, it's because it's really needed, but and I think that working on it too. Working yeah. On don't take the Russian one. It'll make you speak Russian. Hiya. I, <laughs> <laughs> And so, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to say. I mean, I've heard a few people, even my sister, older sister's like, she's not taking the vaccine. And I'm trying to tell her, like, you put worse things. Like, I just had the conversation with you. You put worse things in and everything. Well, we'll see. I'm not a a frontliner important person either. And so we'll see. Like, I probably wouldn't get it until next year at this time anyway. So I have a year to think about it. (laughs) and like and we live in wyoming so our population's tiny i've already heard like most of it's going to cheyenne and casper anyway so we'll sit it out or maybe when they get other vaccines on oh they should if it's not 95 percent, i don't want it like take the russian one away take everything else away this pfizer one you've you've sold me i'm in i'll do it (laughs) whenever i can can. um (laughs) Because I want to get to go to, co- I want to go to concerts again. I want football games again. I want to, I want to mix it up. I want to hug people. 
So yeah, hugging. I'm a hugger, and it's hard. It's hard not to hug people. I kind of got away from it, but now I'm I'm missing it a lot. Yeah, and so the faster we can get with this, and everybody get on board and vaccine up and herd immunity, and we're good. Then we can get back to this. There'll probably be a new stupid ass virus or something later on, but maybe we'll be prepared the next time around. I don't know. It'll be walking zombies. It'll be walking illy zombies. I thought, <laughs> like, at the rate Florida, sorry, Florida. I'm not really sorry. Crazy stuff happens there. At the rate Florida was doing things, I was like, that's where the zombie apocalypse will start. It's because they'll run out of places to put dead people and now they'll start just walking around and leave it to Florida to start the apocalypse. Now, hopefully I don't get kicked back. I don't know that Florida is the show. I have one guest that lives i think he he lived in florida he doesn't live there anymore so i think we're good on that one if anybody else listens florida florida prove me wrong then prove me wrong that you're not a crazy state and you're not wouldn't be surprised if the zombie apocalypse started there prove me wrong man i got one last question (laughs) okay what's up all right here we go since the show's called all my friends how did we meet I think, okay, so as I said, I drank a lot in my, <laughs> I drank a lot in my, my past. Um, I don't remember a lot of my 20s. I do remember you. You were DJ Rude down at Lovejoy's. And I'm going to be totally honest with you. We, I met you through Tara, I think. And um, <laughs> her and I would we'd get to skip the line at Lovejoy's and not have to pay the cover fee. Cause we'd say we were with DJ rude. <laughs> so I used you and I bet you didn't even know that. And I apologize for that. <laughs> well, you weren't the first to throw my name down the door. Um, <laughs> they didn't always accept it with everybody, but they knew certain people. So especially if it was girls, they were like, all right, fine. You guys are in. But yeah, oh yeah, definitely through Tara. I was, I think I tried to get Tara on here on the podcast and we couldn't work out the schedule. Then she passed. So hopefully if she listens to this one, I'll get her to be on the show. Heck yeah. I haven't talked to Tara in a long time, so I would like to hear from her too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I miss those good old days. We had some good times together. I mean, I don't remember all of them because, you know, but. You and I had some good times together. <laughs> and yeah, you're like, I drank a lot. And I was like, so did I. I don't know. Like, yes, I'm aware. But it's weirdly the things you remember, even though drinking can really destroy your memory. But that you remember while drinking. And the good times, yeah. Yeah, like Tour Day Laramie. I remember a Tour Day Laramie with you. That was fun. Yes. Wow. <laughs> One of the few I did. I always thought it was a lot of work. To drink and it was well and i got lost one year i i i mean i lived here all my life and yeah. i was so drunk i got lost on my bike and lost all my friends oh. i was bleeding i don't know what really happened but i'm still here still there didn't <laughs> tell you i saw one year well snowy we were all in our snow gear and i watched one guy like hit a, like a bush and flip through the air and land and he was fine because he was all drunk and in snow gear that was pretty interesting but it was hard to pedal and all that gear i think i was partially involved it was really sunny so everybody got sunburned 
But a lot of time I had to cut it off early because I had to go DJ, which was to me was like, thank God I don't have to pedal around anymore. Like I'm, and I was like, man, I just want to have more than one drink here before we got to move on. So sorry. That for- was my problem. I'd get one, I'd get to one place and then be like, okay, here's where I want to stay the rest of the night. Cause they're, the drinks are cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> All right, folks, if you don't know, there's a thing in Laramie and it's the thing that still goes on. Um, maybe not during pandemics, but it's called Tour de Laramie. And it is a predetermined route of hitting all the bars you can in Laramie. There's a map, I do believe. Uh, we started on the west side one time um, out there, Foster's, Bud's, um, were some of the bars we hit. But there's a map, and it should be tra- passed on from each class to each class that somebody come up with it. And so if you actually a University of Wyoming student and you listen to the show, thank you. Uh, and they're not doing Tour de Laramie. You guys need to start it back up. And a lot of places um, will have like a dollar shot, dollar beer, dollar something uh, for the Tour de Laramie people. Some bars don't participate. That's all right with them. Um, some really love it. And if you are going to participate, don't steal bikes from people. That's bad news. Um, usually you probably could find somebody that will loan you your bike. Because uh, then you just see just a graveyard of bikes at the end of the night downtown because people stole bikes or left them and got too drunk. Oh, like I would get too drunk to ride my bike home or anywhere after that. Me too. Me too. Also, if you're going to do tour day, let me don't wear flip-flops if you plan on drinking a lot because that hurts. <laughs> you cut yourself up. I've seen a lot of cut up knees, feet, elbows, wear a helmet for sure. Protect that noggin. Protect that money maker. So yes, tour de Laramie. I can't, you remember the doing the tour? I, I was like, you definitely was it. Tara was with us for sure, right? Or are we just like we're in like like an ex Maya? I know she was. Yeah. On, yeah. I, I just remember you and Tara. I, I only remember a couple bars, and I remember you and Tara being there. <laughs> but I think like Deanna. Remember Deanna? Yes. She I. I haven't talked to her in a long time either, but she, I think, was around. I don't know if she did the, the biking, but she came and met us at the bar. Yes. She might have been, like, pit crew. She might have been, like, the, the ride, the, the car home or the car. To, like, oh. It just came and met us eventually at certain bars that was in a car. I remember there were always people like that, like, we'll just drive and make sure you guys don't all die on in cars. It's <laughs> like, so cool. Get Jessica Cathcart I bet she has a lot of fun stories too and um I think she was there that night (laughs) I was too yeah definitely I'll have to get her yes I have a whole list of people hopefully I get back to my original plan is actually interviewing people face to face I have a whole setup for that and everything and driving around because, yes, when the pandemic ends, drive around and see my friends that live all over this United States and talking to them, throwing a mic up in front of them, hopefully getting back to that or getting to that when this is all done. That's the plan. Yeah, well, she would be a good one to drive out and see because she lives in the East Coast or something. And yeah. so that would be a fun drive. I'm never sure who went out to school there. Either she's in Florida or South Carolina. I have to look up on Facebook. But, Jessica, if you're listening... I'll be in touch to get you on the podcast. There are a lot, too many people, too many people have said no to this, which makes me sad because I'm not trying to, that pull, is sad. I'm not trying to pull out like secrets or I even put like, 
no hard hitting questions. And so I was like, come on people, just say yes, you'll be a good interview. If I've asked you to be on the show, I, I think you're gonna be a good interview. And so on that note, I wanna thank you Amanda for being on the show. Thank you for having me, this was fun. I, I miss you DJ, rude. <laughs> So today on Facebook, I saw Ray Carlisle and his son Milo playing a song together. I'm still waiting for them, I'm waiting for Milo to create a drum beat for this show. But for now, I'll just use the free stuff like that bass line right there. It's not anybody I know. It's just a free sample you can use. Now, I want to thank Amanda for talking about her fight with alcohol, her addiction with alcohol, and her journey into rehab. We were drinking buddies back in the day for a couple of years, but I didn't think she was bound for rehab. And folks, we all know people that just shouldn't drink at all. And I didn't think she was one of those people. But hey, I was really boozing it up back then, so what did I know? Now, if you think your drinking is out of control or your friends and family say it's out of control, talk to someone. Not the bartender, though, but a friend. Maybe go to an AA meeting. If you know Amanda, I'm sure she would give you some good advice about drinking and probably going to rehab and such if you think it's out of control. You know, DUIs, MUIs, your parents telling you it's out of control. You pawn your TV just to drink. It's out of control. One last thing. Tara, you know who you are. If you're listening... I want to interview you. Let me interview for the podcast. We've talked about it a little bit, but things didn't work out right away. I want to interview you. So let me know. I'm going to send you a message again. On to the next podcast.